God bless you and welcome back to Yesterday Ended. This is your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thanks so much for joining me again today. In my humble opinion, there is nothing more euphoric in life than knowing that you are loved. That moment when on your Facebook page you click, In a Relationship, brings a rush of joy into your heart. In studies concerning infants and young children in orphanages, those who are regularly held turn out to be mentally healthier than those that don't. Being held is an expression of being loved. There's a lot of healing in a loving hug. There is one relationship that will be the most healing of all, our relationship with Jesus. His selfless sacrifice to secure our salvation is perhaps the greatest hug we will ever receive. We must never forget that we are loved by Him. Let's take some time today and look at His great love for us. Give a listen. Many years ago, I was dating a woman who challenged my perception and reasoning for our relationship. She asked me the question, Are you in love with me? Or are you in love with being loved? We all want to be loved. The truth of the matter is we all need to be loved. As I said in the introduction, being loved is one of the greatest feelings we can have. It is healing to our souls. Unfortunately, traumas in our lives can stop us from receiving the love of others. Our hearts become callous and cannot open to that gift from others. Of all the loves that we can receive, the greatest, it is his love. With it, my life he bought. For it, I have always sought. In it, I am now caught. It is his love. By it, I am made free. Of it, he willingly paid my fee. It brings me to my knees. It is his love. Of it, I will give praise and live abundantly all my days. My heart, it does amaze. It is his love. Jesus' love stands true. My everything to him is due. By it I am made new. It is his love. God did not create us to be loners. Unfortunately, trauma can isolate us. Trauma can cause us to turn away from others because we do not trust them. God created us to be a family. To show the depths of his love, God sent his only begotten son to be our savior. Remember, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son? This is the definition of love. He so loved that he gave. This is echoed in the life of Jesus. We see this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. And walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for sweet-smelling savor. Here is the definition of love repeated. Walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and has given himself. To love means to give, and give to the point of sacrifice. Love costs you something. Love costs Jesus his life, and he gave it for you. There's a verse about his love that 
when I meditate upon it, it brings me to tears many times. That verse is Galatians 2.20. I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. As the Holy Spirit was dictating to Paul the epistle of Galatians, he was instructed to personalize the love of Christ to him. Remember, Paul was visited by Jesus on the road to Damascus. Paul said it himself, Jesus loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus loves the individual, and that means you. Can you feel and accept his love? Is your identity wrapped up in your sin, your behavior, or your past? Or is your identity wrapped up in the work of Jesus? The last words of Jesus on the cross were, It is finished. He paid the price for our sin with his own blood. It is gone. If you still have it hanging around, take it to the cross and leave it there. It says in Hebrews chapter 12 that he endured the cross because of the joy set before him. That joy was our redemption, our salvation. As the saying goes, it wasn't the three nails that kept Jesus on the cross. It was his love for us. He suffered willingly for us because of his love. His love is spoken of all throughout the New Testament. There's a somewhat unique way in which that love was expressed in the Gospel of John. Five times John refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. The first occurrence is in John 13, verse 23. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Four more times it repeats that phrase in the Gospel of John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. John was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write that. He wasn't boasting of himself and his relationship with Jesus. He was declaring a truth we all need to recognize and say of ourselves, I am the disciple that Jesus loves. Say it right now. I am the disciple that Jesus loves. Here's an exercise for you to help you receive his love. Find a comfortable place to sit or recline and imagine yourself leaning against the bosom of Jesus. You are the disciple that he loves. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it compares the intimacy of being joined with the Lord to a man and a woman being physically joined in sex. It is a picture of deep intimacy. Being joined with Christ makes us one spirit. Jesus loved you and gave his life for you to bring you into an intimate relationship with him and then through him to the Father. Jesus ever lives to make intercession for you before the Father and he continues to love you. He is in you, and you are in him. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. There are amazing testimonies from all over the world of people who have experienced a visitation from Jesus via vision or in person where they have experienced his embrace and his love. Jesus came into a memory of mine 
during a session of inner healing a few years ago. I was a young child in a bad situation. He came to me in this memory and knelt down by my side. He put his arm around me and leaned his head to touch mine. That is the image I now have of that memory. All pain is gone. That's all I see now. That image is still strong within my heart today. Think of moments where someone gave you a hug when your heart was hurting. Can you remember the impact of that embrace? We are instructed by Jesus to love one another as he has loved us. That is more than loving them as yourself. To love is to sacrifice oneself. And he is within us so we can love like he did. So the next time you hug someone, imagine it is Jesus hugging them. So how is your relationship with Jesus? How well do you know him? In the Greek, there are two basic words for knowing. One is to perceive, and the other is to experience. Consider what it says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. That I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. There are three things to know in this verse. The first one is to know him, and it means to experience him. The next two things are to experience the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Today, I want to focus on knowing him. Far too often, we read the Gospels and we perceive the person of Jesus. That can amount to a lot of head knowledge. It's one thing to know about something. It's another to experience it. You can tell somebody who's never had chocolate ice cream all about it. They would know about chocolate ice cream, but until they taste it and experience the cool creaminess and the rich chocolate flavor, they really don't know chocolate ice cream. So how do we know or experience Jesus? When I was in Bible college, the dean of the college told the students one day that if we had a choice between missing class or missing a meal because of some appointment off campus we should miss class. He wanted us to be in a place that we could live and experience the love with the rest of the students. Receiving knowledge is wonderful, but what about living it and applying it? I've also been taught that the best way to get to know somebody is either to work with them or, as my previous account, eat with them. Apostle John gives us a similar reckoning in 1 John chapter 2, where it defines how we can know Jesus. Verse 3, And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. We can know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. That's sort of like working with him. If we're not being obedient to his voice, how can we say we've experienced him? I recognize I can hear my boss tell me to do something and then ignore him, but that's not the full richness of an intimate relationship. If I am not obedient, I don't care about my master, my Lord Jesus. And wouldn't it be nice that after fulfilling his commandments, we could hear that awesome response from him, 
Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And here's the flip side of the relationship. It is stated in John 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. If I hear his voice, that sounds like an experience to me. And as the head of the church, we should be hearing his voice. Then it says that he knows us. Again, that's the word for experience. Jesus is experiencing us. Do you think that's one-sided? And again, going back to doing his commandments, this verse ends with, they follow me. That's a relationship. The great thing is Jesus is very proactive about a relationship with us. And he has come to us, as it says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Jesus is knocking at your door. And the question is, will you open to him? Will you open the door of your heart and let him in? He wants to come in and sit down and have dinner with you, or lunch, or breakfast, whatever. The thing is, he wants to hang out with you. Do you want him to come into your house and hang out? He's at the door knocking right now. When it comes to the power of his love and the realization of his presence within us, what do we need to fear? Perfect love casts out fear, and Jesus is the perfect embodiment of that love. And he loves you. So, with Jesus within me, I need not look at the enemy behind me, or according to Romans 16, 20, under my feet. Take a moment now and listen to these verses that speak about the love of Jesus. Romans eight thirty seven. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Revelation 1, 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Revelation 3.9 Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Revelation 3.19 As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Hopefully these verses and the others I have shared will help you realize you are loved by Jesus. Take a deep breath and exhale all the fear in your heart. Exhale all the rejection in your heart. Exhale all the doubt in your heart. Now breathe in his love. Breathe in his healing. He is here to heal your broken heart with his love. What captivates you? What fills you up? What gives you hope? What brings you peace? 
It is his love. You are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. It's noteworthy that our ability to be more than a conqueror is wrapped up in our identity of being loved. You are loved. Don't just recite these verses about his love for you. Believe them. Slow down and meditate on this emancipating truth that Jesus loves you. Your Lord, who is the King of kings and Lord of lords, the firstborn of creation, loves you. His blood cleansed you, sanctified you, redeemed you, justified you, so that you are now righteous. He made you worthy of his love. Receive it this day and rejoice.